ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Walk Show podcast, where we explore the walk of life. This is your host, Walker Near. Thank you so much for tuning in. This week we have a very special guest. We are joined by Katie Callahan, all the way from Shanghai. I uh, actually grew up with Katie here in Springfield, Missouri, but uh, she's been living abroad for a couple of years now and has been in China since uh, August of, of 2019. So she was there when when the coronavirus outbreak started and, and actually came back for a bit and then, and then returned, but really excited to have her on and, and really appreciate her taking the time to, to join us. Uh, we've got quite a time difference, but she was willing to, to carve out some time uh, to share her stories and insights of what it's like to, to live in China in general, uh, but also what it's like you know during this, this pandemic outbreak that we all are now dealing with. Um, so really excited about the episode. I think you're really going to enjoy it. As always, the music for today's episode is made by Misha Zarin, so thank you, Misha, for providing the music. And without further ado, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Walk Show Podcast, Katie Callahan. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so this is pretty wild. Uh, I've known you since I was like five years old, maybe. I mean, kindergarten or first grade, somewhere in there. (laughs) Yep, definitely. Um, We started kindergarten at Sherwood. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, And you know Chris Crabtree, obviously, who's been on the show a few times. Yep. I do have, this is completely not related to the rest of our conversation, but I have to share a story that I have always remembered and, and oh, no. not in like a bad way. Not, I mean, it will sound like a bad story, but I think it's funny <laughs> just so we're clear. Oh but gosh. You were, we were in like second or third grade and I remember you chasing me around in the playground, <laughs> not to like flirt with me, but to eventually catch up with me and then slam me directly in the nose with like a red fourth square ball. Do you remember this at all? I remember it a hundred percent. Oh my God. Yeah. It is. It's when they started giving out like, you know, red cards, green cards, yellow cards for behavior. And I think it was the first and only red card I got. And I was just mortified. <laughs> oh that my gosh. Hilarious. Yep. That is hilarious. <laughs> I was, <laughs> oh my gosh! It was the start of a of a, an unfortunate trend for me. Later, I would in junior high or middle school or whatever. There was this girl named Jenny. Oh no! I didn't really know, and she had like she had moved. She had gone to the school because I went to a Lutheran middle school. Okay, and, okay. I wonder where you went during that time. <laughs> yeah, and so she had um she had like gone there for elementary and moved away, and so she was just coming back to visit. So I didn't know her, but she knew all the other kids because it was a real small school where most of the people had gone there all the way since kindergarten. Um, and mm-hmm. so so I started, which I will not do now because it's horribly offensive, but I started doing like an impression of Forrest Gump, like oh, saying no. Jenny, right? Oh. And she just walked over to me and kicked me in the shin so, so fucking hard. And it split my shin open and it started oh, bleeding. My- Oh my gosh, she wasn't messing around. She was not. And I, I just started crying just like I did when you hit me in the face with the ball. I'm not a tough guy at all. So Oh my gosh. Yeah. It never works works for me. But the girl's anyway. been kicking your ass for decades, huh? Dude, dude. I'm I you know what though? I'm glad that's my story instead of the other way around. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, yeah, true that, true that. It's right, funny though, because so. you're you're not a little guy. So, you know, what does that say for us girls? Like, I well, that's what I try and tell like 
like when I worked, I used to work in restaurants and, you know, mm-hmm. servers and stuff would, would be like, I hope you never get mad at me. And I'm like, why? And they're like, because you're huge. And I'm like, I'm not a monster. I'm like, gentle giant. Over here. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's hilarious. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you brought that up because I totally always remember that. And it's just it's one of those stories. It's literally like the old, like the worst trouble I got in. in elementary. That's funny. I mean, yeah. I'm sure I did something to deserve it. I'm sure I pestered you in some way. Oh, or who knows? Or right. Who but I don't anyway. think I was trying to knock you in the face, to be fair. But... <laughs> <laughs> it definitely happened. One of those, yeah. oh, shit moments. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. And, and, and just so you know, that's carried on. Those moments uh, of embarrassment have carried on through my life. <laughs> oh, hey, great. <laughs> yeah, people will ask yeah. me, you know, like, I'll, I'll do something that's very mildly embarrassing like at work and someone will be like isn't aren't you worried about being oh, humiliated and i'm like no. you have no idea like no, this no. Is not, yeah, that's funny this is because not i feel the barrel yeah i'm the same way i'm just like oh no no that i lost that a long time ago <laughs> <laughs> right right <laughs> anyway so yeah so you grew up in springfield missouri where where i grew up and where i remained um and you have traveled at this point, at least, to live in Shanghai. Is that correct? Yep. yep. So I actually lived in Springfield until I was 32. Um, And then my husband and I at the time decided we were going to go on an adventure. And we decided, he's a teacher by trade. I was not at the time. And uh, we decided to move actually to Thailand. And he had just finished getting his master's. And we ended up going to Thailand um, just for something new. So, uh, which I found was pretty cool and and a lot of people thought was interesting because, you know, a lot of people don't leave that area or if they do, you know, just the first time I moved away, it was halfway around the world. You know, it was was crazy. It was an experience to say the least. Um, Yes. So how did you choose Thailand? um, We looked into a couple of places. Thailand was just, I'd love to travel and it was always somewhere I wanted to go. Mm. And so we were kind of just like, let's look around, you know, I've always heard about this, you know, teaching abroad and stuff. And since he had uh, his uh, teaching certificate, it was just an option that we just basically started Googling stuff, to be honest, and looking up different places. And um, he, we also looked in like Dubai and just looked where jobs were opened. And there's certain, uh, I don't think he ever went through a agency. There is agencies that can help you find this type of placement, but we ended up just finding the school and, he does, you know, did a video interview. I remember it was like midnight and he was in his suit and tie at MSU doing a, you know, like what we're doing right now and an interview over the internet. Wow. And got hired and we left within, it was a, a few weeks. It was, it was quick. We left huh. within a, yeah, like maybe a month or so. It was quick. I forget now, but uh, then we were there for two years and that second year, right when we got back, I ended up getting pregnant, uh, which was a total surprise. And so we decided to come home, uh, you know, to have the baby and everything. And so we came home that second year and then uh, we're looking for jobs around there. I was a stay-at-home mom for the first year, which I never in a million years thought was something I would do, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. but it was really cool. And then my husband was, um, because of the timing and everything, couldn't, he, he ended up substituting that year and it was just, you know, it's, it's not good money and all that. He loves it. He's right. an incredible teacher, but then other jobs that second, the, for the next year, it wasn't, just wasn't happening. And so we're like, well, let's look abroad again. And um, China is somewhere that we'd heard was really good. And so we, he ended up finding a place here. And um, I was, a uh, when we got, went to Thailand, I didn't actually have a job lined up 
And when we got there, cause he, I had been working while he was getting his master's. And uh, so he was kind of like, Oh, you take a break, you know, it's fine. And I figured I'd find something eventually. Well, after a month of not working, I was just bored out of my mind and mm-hmm. ended up getting a job at the same school as him as a teacher assistant. And so I ended up doing that for the two years I was there, which kind of prepared me for this school that he got a job at in China. We told him about my experience and um, I ended up getting a job as a humanities teacher at the same school again. So it's it's really ended up working out perfectly for us as far as that's concerned with working at the same schools. And then also when we moved here, uh, they have a a school on campus for our son and he gets uh, normally the tuition, you know, really expensive, but he gets to go there for free. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it was a really uh, good transition after being a stay at home mom to, you know, there's a whole thing when you leave your kid and all that. And so he's on the same campus with us. We, we actually lived in the dorms on campus when we got there. So it's kind of a, it's it's like a little safety net, you know, we're on this campus, it's safe. You have your own security and, you know, you get to walk right, Mm -hmm. right next door to the the building or to the school. And our son goes right into the school next door. And so it was, it was just a really easy transition. And yeah. So (laughs) that's, yeah, that's wild. So so what was it? And I just don't know anything about any of this stuff, but so like, what's the cost of living like compared to, to, the u.s and and, and again missouri is a very low cost of living part of the u.s so right so here's the deal and one of the reasons why we wanted to live abroad again too was in thailand the cost of living was way cheaper (laughs) um in shanghai you know this this is like one of the biggest cities in the world i believe maybe the biggest population wise 26 million people and what's funny walker is that i remember one year like in high school my parents took us to new york city and I was like, I will never live in a big city. This life is not for me. And now I've lived in mm. Bangkok and Shanghai, which I think are maybe the top two biggest cities in the world. Wow. Um, it, it's been a crazy, but, but so the cost of living, let me get back to that. Where we live now in Shanghai is just kind of outside the inner city part. And so the cost of living, because you have more like local people out here, um, there's a huge expat population here in Shanghai. And so, but in the city, the cost of living is like, you know, comparable or more expensive than Manhattan, you know? Oh, wow. Um, out here where we are, though, because there's a lot of locals, say, um, like this restaurant we go to across the street all the time. It's like a mom and pop place. Food is amazing. Uh, and I'd say we pay maybe $7 for a, a family of three to eat uh, with leftovers wow. for the next day, you know? And also just anything you get from the little markets or stores around here. And there's open air markets, like the farmer's market you would think of in Springfield, you know, they have those Mm -hmm. everywhere. Um, So you can get fruits and vegetables and everything like that. Just super low, low. Um, So also one of the big goals for people that are expats that are coming over here and teaching is the school gives you, they pay for your rent. Basically Um, you get a stipend every month and, um, Interestingly enough, we get more, we actually make about $400 a month by living off of campus now. Oh, huh. Which is crazy, but because we right. each get a certain amount in our apartment, which is really, really nice, um, it just doesn't cost as much as we get. So we just get to pocket that money. That's cool. So, yeah, that's another one of the reasons we came here was for financial reasons, because you can actually end up saving a lot of money. Uh, this year has been, well, obviously what no one in the world has planned uh, sure. on happening. So it's, it hasn't turned out exactly how we would, would have thought with saving and everything, but 
Um, if you don't go out, if you don't go into the city all the time, you can really rack up some cheddar. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But so far, though, because we, you know, we ended up coming back to the U.S. and just like with flight costs and stuff like that, and we, we found out that we both got the jobs and we left within two weeks. So buying international flights at the last minute, <laughs> we, you know, it's just expensive. So it's still um, kind of paying that off. They, they pay for your flight too, but not that much. So sure. So, you know, how, how was it going? I mean, both to, to Thailand and in China also, what was it like, you know, like a language, the language, that, because you don't speak either of the languages, nope. right? <laughs> no, no, sir. Nope. nope, nope. <laughs> um, especially, uh, well, yeah, that's, that's, I would say the most difficult thing about moving abroad is we kind of just jumped into it and didn't think, oh, let's move somewhere where they speak English. Um, and Thailand, yeah, no, it, especially out where we live there, it was just on the outskirts of Bangkok. And, you know, when you get in a, you take taxis everywhere. Um, it's like Uber, right? But uh, mm-hmm. you take them there. And, and if you don't have, if you don't know the directional stuff, even though they have it on GPS, I swear, these drivers, it, it's it's crazy. And yeah, it's it was very alienating at first, especially. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, my husband and I are not small individuals. Also, And mm-hmm. so, you get just people stare at you a lot and the, the language barrier, you can't just, especially cause like in Missouri, I'm, and I'm also a very friendly person. I'm always smiling at people and just chat, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, you just don't have that. Um, mm. Especially not in China. In Thailand, it's called the land of smiles and people will at least like smile back at you and stuff like that. But it was very overwhelming to not have that uh, just natural interaction of, you know, uh, just huge cultural differences, huge. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it sounds like the like the food though you found is oh. is is delicious. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. We Thai food is incredible. Chinese food, I of course it's nothing like you get in good old Springtown, but <laughs> it's not cashew chicken. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, but it's yeah, it's different. It, it's it's all it's great. Um, in Thailand, it was. A little bit scary for me because I don't know. I have some weird thing about meat and the bones. <laughs> like they put everything in in the food, mm. and so uh, ugh, it was a struggle. Right. And I I ended up being a picker picky eater in in Thailand. I guess you'd say, but whatever. I still I branched out. I tried, <laughs> sure. but it was still yeah. It was crazy and just you know people don't think about that aspect of it. Like just going down the road and signs being in a different language. And when you go to a restaurant trying to order food, you are screwed if you don't, if they don't have pictures first off. And if you don't know, right. like just the basics, because not only is it in a different language, it's in, it's in characters that you can't read. You know, they don't, they don't write stuff in English. It's in, it's in Thai or it's in Chinese. So. Right. You're, <laughs> well, so I've seen like the, the Google apps that they have where you can like hold your phone up and it'll like translate it kind of in real time. Does that work yep. on those languages? Mm, like the symbols or just the language in general? Well, like the, like the, like I've seen, and again, I've never traveled yep. abroad, but I've seen on the internet, um, <laughs> people like, like looking through their phone at like, so they're, they're, you know, putting the camera up to a, yeah. a sign or something. And then on the yes. phone screen, it's actually translating it for them. Right yes. There. So um, in Thailand, that didn't really work. 
I don't know what was up with that, but even when we try to use Google Translate to talk to people, like one time I needed a phone charger, my phone got messed up and the thing, whatever. And we were at this, like a, one of those farmers market type places and I was trying to wheel and deal with the people and I used Google Translate and it ended up saying something about like a goat fucker. <laughs> like, ah! But luckily they, you know, they got a big laugh out of it. And, uh, so in Thailand, that didn't really work. There's some apps that they would say were, were better. We never had good luck with it. But here in China, absolutely. Uh, there's an app called WeChat, which is huge. Have you heard of that? Is that the one that's like where it's like everyone's like social media and bank account, yes. and like the social score and all that stuff? Absolutely. Like it's everything. I, when I leave my apartment, I don't have to have anything on me. If I have my phone, it has everything. I, I can talk to everybody. Um, I have all my money. There's You have a QR code that is your, like I'm a QR code now, you know, and everywhere right. I go, it's connected to my bank account. I When I use my like DD app, which is like Uber, it, it just does everything for you and everything's connected through WeChat. We do all of our uh, like work chats and stuff on there. And we have, there's even an app called WeChat Work. And that's how I, uh, especially now, it's how I clock into work every day and clock out. And it, it mm. is everything. I don't use the social media aspect of it, but most people over here do. I just, not my thing. But right. um, yeah, so it's it's all on there. But that's the app that we use really to, to translate because we go somewhere. Uh, just the other day, we were at a sushi restaurant and this new mall that opened up. And so we take a picture of something like the image or whatever, and you just go into WeChat, open it up, and it hit translate and it like scrolls the screen and then translate it for you. Uh, mm. some, sometimes it's on, sometimes not. You got to be careful because, you know, Chinese symbols are like a block, right? And so if you. If you turn it one way weird, it can completely alter the meaning, <laughs> like what oh, it says. Right, right. So, or if you try to do it sideways, like I always see my husband try to do it sideways. Like, no, you can't do that. It's like <laughs> the letter is. It's like the symbol is upside down, you know, or sideways. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty, wild. Pretty interesting. But it, it works a lot better here in China for whatever reason. So does Google Translate. Um, but we still, it's still a pretty much a daily struggle of communication, I'd say. And, uh, to be honest. Um, I, I enjoy China, but the people I would say are not as friendly, uh, just <laughs> talking to us yeah. and stuff like that. So, and it kind of always felt like the, they're yelling at me. <laughs> when I'm talking right. to them, but, so, yeah, uh, huh. just trying to keep it chill and, and use Google Translate is interesting. Yeah, the coolest well, thing I've seen was, yeah, this one tech place we went to had a, um, this little, it's a little device, a little handheld device. And they would talk into it. It would immediately translate what they said, and then they'd hand it to me, and I'd hit my button. It would immediately translate what I said, and it was perfect. Wow, that's like some Star Trek <laughs> shit. That's crazy. It was no, it was super cool. It cost oh, like maybe six, seven hundred bucks, so we didn't get one, but oh, wow, <laughs> we still contemplated it because it would be handy. Right, right. that it's a, a, a like a, 
a cultural thing from the country or do you think it's i mean because honestly like if you went to new york city i don't know if people are smiling back at you very much either you know what i mean like big cities um, are, are also kind of produce that behavior i think true true then that might be a, a fair cop uh like i said i've never lived outside of springfield besides in bangkok and shanghai so i don't really know right. but um i have traveled a lot and i just uh i don't know i feel like people everywhere you go kind of Smile. Okay. For me, anyways, I got a big old teethy grin, and I'll shoot it at you until you smile back. <laughs> but it, you're you're probably right. It definitely does have to do a lot too with the big city aspect. I think and people just kind of minding their own business, you know. Um, right. Really, it, it's a it was a total culture shock when I went back to Springfield after the first year of being mm. there, and, and even the second year going back. And I remember the first day I. I went back and you got you know i had to go to like walmart or something i was at walmart yeah and you just have to get stuff you know like toothpaste and shampoo and or whatever you you know and mm-hmm. i oh, the one aisle i remember i just broke down and was going into the dog food aisle and because there's so many options and you can read everything and see everything and I, I had a little dog and everything and i'm like i just remember breaking down i don't know if it was pregnancy hormones or just the overwhelm just being so overwhelmed and right like, it was during the day when most people were working but a lot of older people were there and so they would be like, Walker, I shit you not, like four feet away from me. And they're like, oh, excuse me, honey. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be in your way. And I'm looking around. I'm like, are they, are they talking to me? Like what? Because <laughs> I, I just come from Thailand where people will knock into me, you know. And right. I, would, I would look at these little Thai women like, really? Like, you're okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was it was a trip because, I, you know, people are just that spatial awareness thing and, and uh, of a big city and just people there, you know, it really is. And I think it's just the Midwest too. People are really friendly and talkative and, you know, mm-hmm. Oh, excuse me. Oh, didn't mean to let me slide by you. That whole thing. Uh, it's a sure. real thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and we're all really spread out too. Right. Yep. So yep. we're not as cranky about, <laughs> yep. about space like that. Exactly. Like I'm looking out my window right now in my office and there's like uh, just rows and rows of, uh, they're all apartments here, all about like 15 stories, you know, and there's about 10 on this mm. side, 10 on the other side of the road. You know, I just got to think about how many people that sleeps just right here on this little half mile of my road. Um, right. And these are all around every like 360 degree angle, like all, all over. So that's, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So you said that, so you're teaching, are you teaching mostly like children of expats or is it? No, no, it's all Chinese students. Um, so in Thailand, it was all Thai students, but there, we teach at international schools. So everything is in English minus their like actual Thai classes or their Chinese classes, uh, okay. or they have like Chinese math also, or, uh, English math. And so, yeah, no, I, I teach humanities in English and it's all Chinese students. <laughs> So, uh, what is, what is, what is humanities really? Like what subjects are that or what, what topic? Good question. <laughs> um, at this school, it's really, I would count it as like a world history here. Okay. Um, it really covers actually, it can cover even like business or economics or, uh, you know, stuff like that, uh, which I prefer teaching or like I even taught like some leadership and marketing and that's more stuff my speed. But at this specific school, because it's I'm teaching middle schoolers right now, my school in Thailand was high schoolers, which I much more preferred, uh, just behaviorally, <laughs> you know. But sure. uh, these middle schoolers, because of where we're at with them, like we don't have business classes, you know, we don't have uh, leadership really. But I try to incorporate that into history, however I can, um, sure. just because it's important skills for them to know. And 
So, um, yeah, teaching, yeah, humanities, is a, it actually covers a wide range of things, but for now, yeah. world, history, world history is what I'm really teaching. Yeah, I yeah. definitely did not go to college. Uh, <laughs> did you so not? I don't know. Yeah, I went to OTC for like a semester, a couple of OT different times. OT skeezy. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, but yeah, I remember uh, <sighs> complete departure, but when we were in high school, Crabtree and I actually snuck into a strip club and uh, well, we didn't sneak in. I mean, we just went in and they didn't cart us because we were so yep, big. You yep. know? And, and, and Tree was like, look, if anyone asks, like, you got to lie and tell them that we're in, uh, in college, you know? And I was like, all right, I got it. So we get lap dances. Oh, my gosh. And so I am the I am the most awkward person in that situation. It's super weird, like it's super me weird. Too. Me too. I like to strike and up a conversation with him about. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I'm doing. So it's like I mean, it's a very obscene search, search situation, of course. And here I am, like, so what do you do for fun? And like, because it's a person, you know. Like, I know, I don't, right? Weird. I know. And, I know. Same. <laughs> so this so this girl is like. So where do you, so do you go to school around here? And I was like, oh yeah, I go to SMS. That's how long ago. Right. Was. Was yep, yep, yep. And I was like, oh, I go to SMS. And she was like, oh, cool. Me too. And I was like, oh, oh shit. shit. <laughs> what year are you? And I was like a freshman. And she was like, oh, cool. Me too. First or second semester. And I didn't even know that was a thing that you could be, you know, because in high school, you can't be that. You're just a senior or a junior or whatever. Oh, this is great. And so I was like. I was like, oh, uh, second semester, thinking that like that was more weird somehow, right? And she was like, wow, me too. And I'm like, oh my God. Shit, this shit, never shit, shit, shit. Yeah. And she's like, what classes do you take? And I was like, uh, <laughs> social studies. <laughs> and, she and I was like, oh my God. I don't really go to school. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. It's like, holy shit, do not say that out loud. They will they will beat you up and throw you out of here. Do not say. Yeah. yeah. I was like, okay, my bad. So, Social I mean, studies was, is definitely like a middle school term. That's that's correct. Cool. That's, that's what made me think of it because you're like, I teach humanities. And I'm like, I don't know. I, 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 I stopped paying attention at social studies. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, that's basically what I'm teaching anyway. That's that's hilarious. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> think of you and Tree. Oh, God. Please tell me it was Club Mercedes. The, the uh, one it, right right next to our good old throwback days. not oh. illusion. Out oh, in gosh. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's great. That's a, <laughs> anyway. Um... <laughs> So, uh, so you have been in, in China for, you said a, a year at least now, is that um, right? We moved here last August. Okay. So, mm -hmm. so not quite. Yeah. Um, but you were certainly there when the whole COVID-19 outbreak kind of started. Yep. Yeah. Sure. So, so, you know, obviously in America, it's something that we, did not take seriously at all until maybe three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you could argue that still not really taken seriously in, in many ways. Yeah. Um, what was it like being there when, I mean, <laughs> what, what's going through your head when that's, you know, you're in a, a so, not home. Yeah. So what went through my head and okay. What a lot of people don't understand is that when this really broke out, it was at the start of Chinese new year. And so mm -hmm. we had actually, before I'd even, well, actually on the last day before we went on Chinese New Year break, I had one student 
uh, who's kind of a class clown. And he was like, hey, Mrs. C, did you hear about this new uh, th- this new thing that's come out that's like SARS? And one of the other students was like, shut up, that's not true. And I was like, <laughs> I had actually just read about an article the night before. And I was like, well, he could actually be right. But I didn't want to scare the students. So I didn't say anything. It just kind of went on. It was in the back of my mind, but anyway, I was super stressed at work, not thinking about it, and I was getting ready to go for a week-long trip to Bali with my best friends that I've met over here, and mm. uh, so, and I was also really sick, which, ironically enough, all the symptoms that are with this thing right now, uh, anyway, I ended up go- leaving for Bali late because I was sick and had to go to this doctor and get, like, breathing treatments and this, you know, do breathing wow. treatments twice a day, and but the thing of it was, like, at that time, the virus wasn't even in Shanghai uh, or really near here. Um, and just to give you a little perspective geographically, Shanghai is about, mm, I don't know mileage wise, but like from Springfield to Nashville, far from Wuhan, you know, where okay. it broke out. Okay. So it's about that far from Wuhan. And uh, I had, so what happened was long story short, I went to Bali, my I'm on this emergency passport because my passport got filled up. And so I had to get this emergency passport back in October. And when I got to Bali, um, they were like, Oh, you have to have a visa to come here on an emergency passport, which I had no idea. And so they immediately made me turn around and go back to Shanghai, which I was just kind of pretty devastated over, but I just sit in the airport yeah. for two days and drink and sleep Holy there shit. Yep, until the flight could come back, take me back. And so I got back to Shanghai and when I got back, um, the point I was going to get at was, so Chinese New Year had started, right? All the schools are out. Uh, it, it's a huge deal. It, we're off school for a whole month, uh, right? Mm-hmm. And um, uh, when I get back, Shanghai, so Shanghai has a ton of people coming from these smaller cities out, you know, in China, right? And mm-hmm. so I get back and like the first night I don't do anything. The second night I'm like, I'm bored. I want to go out and do something. All my friends, all the expats, everyone from school is already gone traveling, doing whatever. Uh, no one was here. So I get, get a taxi, go into the city by myself. And the place is like a ghost town already. Mm. And this is before I'd heard anything else about COVID-19. Uh, and I go into the city, the place is a ghost town. I did find some people, we hung out, whatever. And then the next day I wake up and I, just happened to start watching some YouTube videos on what was happening. And mm-hmm. I was like, uh, my husband and son happened to go on like a little guy's trip with another uh, teacher. And they uh, went to a place a few hours back from here. And they came back that day, that night. And I told my husband, I said, okay, I- I've seen a few YouTube videos on this and it's freaking me the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And I said, I just have a, it was literally, this was in the middle of February, I think it was, no, end of January. Oh, it was right at the end of January. Um, I'm sorry, third week of January? No. Yeah. Uh, it's it's so crazy because my mind is just like, this is all like, you know, time, yeah. time has been so crazy the last few months. So we, yes. we ended up, it was just the last week of January, January like 25th is when, so my husband came home like that night of the 24th. And I was like, this doesn't feel right. Something's, something's going down. I want to get the fuck out of here. And I shit you not, we were at the airport and on a plane within eight hours that next morning. Mm. Like, I've never packed my bags faster and just threw shit. You know how you normally, like, before you travel, you, like, want to do your laundry, clean your house and shit. Yeah, just threw my shit in a bag. And um, we uh, were at the airport that next day. And I was also concerned that, because at this time I was hearing about they're locking people in their apartments in Wuhan. 
Um, there, if you have a fever, like all this kind of extreme shit, uh, because it was just breaking out. And I was like, fuck, I've had this sickness now for like two weeks, which I have asthma and I get bronchitis around this time of year. It's kind of normal, but it was bad. Like I, I was coughing so hard. I almost passed out a couple times on that last day of school. And, uh, that's when I ended up going to the doctor, but I was like, fuck, if they see me or hear me, like we're going to get locked in. I'm going to get the hell out of here. Yeah. That was really my big major, like fight or flight. Like, okay, we got to fucking go right now. And we surprised my parents. Uh, my little sister knew that we were coming and she came and picked us up and we surprised my parents. So they were excited to have us back. And I don't even know at that time, they didn't even know about it, you know? Right. Um, they were just excited to see us home. And, uh, then when we got there, like my husband and son, my mother ended up getting really sick somehow, but I think it was some type of like stomach virus. And my whole mm. family was kind of like freaked out and thinking, cause that's when it started being international news and uh, really just, the, just at the beginning of just this fucking fear mongering what I felt like then, you know, uh, but that's all that was on the media. And so my family thought, you know, of course the worst. And, uh, right. But it was, I'm telling you, I spent, ended up staying in America for like almost exactly a month. And the entire time I was there is like a, it's basically like a blur in my mind because I was so up and down with like anxiety and just not knowing what to do. And, you know, the school's not really telling us much, but they're telling us that we have to be back before March 1st because our visas actually expire. And if you don't come back by then, then you have to pay all this money to get a tourist visa. That's a huge thing. A lot of people don't think about either when you're living abroad is the whole visa thing. Um, you know, we're, we're the, we're the aliens living in their country, you know, we're the ones that have to get, go through all this process. And it's a very strict, serious process to get these visas. Um, what is, what is, if you don't mind my asking the, the visa, I don't really understand. So you have to basically, you can have you can have a couple different types of visas, and I am I'm not going to claim to know hardly shit about this, but um, because it's confusing, there it, there's so many different ins and outs to each one. Uh, you can get a tourist visa, which basically you pay. I think in China it's about like two hundred fifty dollars you pay um, to come here just to come visit. Uh, mm. In Thailand, you don't have to do that. You don't have to have a visa for that. But to stay over thirty days, you do have to have a work visa, or you mm. you do what's called border jumping. And I had to do that that first month when I was in Thailand because I didn't have a work. I wasn't working yet. So I had to go fly into Laos, uh, the country next door to Thailand, and mm -hmm. just get a, stay there for a few days and get my passport stamped and then come back. Uh, and it's something that's very common over here. People do it all the time. Uh, huh. Yep. Otherwise, you get a huge fine. Here in China, it's very, very serious. And um, we actually get – we had a work visa. Once We ended up having to get – because we did it so last minute – we had to get uh, tourist visas to come here and then we had to have it expedited. So that was for my husband, my son and I, um, it probably ended up costing us over a thousand dollars just to get wow. those. And then by the time we got here, the school normally pays for that stuff, but because of that situation, no, I think they did pay us back for most of that, but not my sons, but my husband and I, they did. Um, mm. But then the ones over, when you get over here, you have to do the work visa process and you have to go to like, Oh, I forgot about this, this weird like hospital clinic. You have to go and they, you're like a lab rat. I swear to God, they put you in this line in a robe and you're, you know, you're totally naked underneath and you're right next to this, this line of people just one by one. 
and you're in these weird hospital gowns and they put you through each room. Like, all right, go to the next room, go to the next room. And it's all these different testing to make sure you don't have like, well, a fucking disease or a virus or something. Right. And it's, it's weird. It was super weird and like uncomfortable and awkward. And then once you go through that, then you have to go to these interviews to get the work visa. Um, and for some reason, our school got these for like six months. So they all expired on March 1st. And it was a huge, huge stressor for us expats uh, on whether to come back or not. And we ended up, they said, you have to be back by February 24th. I was like, I, I just couldn't do it, you know? And I thought for sure my mom was going to throw herself in front of the airplane before it took off with her, <laughs> right. with her grandson. But we, um, we ended up getting back because, well, once we got to, you have to fly, like where we flew out of, um, we, because it's so far away, you have to end up stopping in like Japan before you get to China. And so mm. we flew through uh, Tokyo and we got, ended up getting stuck. We we missed our first flight. So we ended up getting stuck there because the next flight got canceled because of the virus. And then the next flight was like three days later. And so it, we got stuck and had to stay up in a hotel for like two nights. And it was just super stressful because if we didn't get there by February 29th, which thank God we had that extra day this year, right, uh, right. then we would have been totally fucked and wow. would have had to stay in Japan until we could get our visas for China. And um, yeah, it was super stressful, dude. I can't even like, yeah. I can't even explain. <laughs> like, uh, it's a, it's a wonder I um, didn't drink more really, but we ended up, <laughs> we ended up cruising through Shanghai on February 29th, uh, Shanghai airport, February 29th. And the lady at customs was like an immigration. She was like, uh, this expires tomorrow. We're like, we know we have, uh, our school's already working on it, and she fucking let us through. We we couldn't believe it. We were really living on a prayer, to be honest. And yeah. So then, huh. no, go ahead. Now then, our school just uh, basically sent off our passports, and we just got them back from the visa office. Just mm. got them back uh, on March twenty seventh. So okay, that's how long it took, and you know, it was scary because here's another thing people don't think about is. Um, we were so worried about coming back and knowing we had to give up our passports. Um, the lady at our school assured us it would only be 10 days because if the virus got worse, right? Like I, I wanted to get the fuck back out of China. Like right. I wanted to get my passport, get my visa and get the hell out. We were thinking about going to Thailand or wherever, stay on the side of the world, uh, which now ironically China is like the fucking safest place to be. Right. <laughs> um, we, you know, she assured us 10 days and then, now we ended up not getting our passports back for 27 days and um, right. it's super frustrating and it's very nerve wracking not having that your passport is your your thing to, especially like the u.s passport is the strongest one in the world uh, which means it's kind of like this golden ticket when you go places and if you flash that like say if you get in trouble or something happens or whatever like uh i would say that like, you're least likely to get fucked with <laughs> mm. um uh you know it's also your it's your ticket out if you need to get out. And so it's, it's all you have is for identification and it's uh -huh. just not even having that. Um, and so, yeah, we, we luckily once we got here, so that was kind of the deals. I mean, I was watching these numbers like a hawk my, when we were at home and my husband and I couldn't even barely sleep, you know, and cause it's mm -hmm. on the other side of the world. So people over here were giving us updates and we have these expat uh, support groups for our school that just people were all over the world and just so they're 24 seven in this group and
um, you know, you're just watching these updates constantly and then the news from China is different than what you're seeing in America. And um, then also, of course, hearing like, oh, China's lying about the numbers and shit like that. And you just, you just don't know what to believe, you know? Right. Because... <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think that even with the American media, though, there's there's some of that. I mean, I think oh. that's why a lot of people aren't taking it seriously because there's so yep. much bullshit all the time because everything's so sensationalized that it's yep. like, who knows? You know, everyone's like, ah, it's it's not that big of a deal to yep. you know seeing it. It's just freaking out. It's like, no, it's actually it's actually fucked up this time. Yeah. Um, yep. You don't know what to believe, and like especially because the world has never seen anything like this. Um, and then people want to compare it to all of this shit in the past, like uh, SARS and Ebola and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, the media was doing the exact same thing and it ended up being nothing. Well, guess the fuck what? This time it ended up being something and it's a big something. I heard, I, I, and I, again, who knows? I don't know what to believe, right. so that's why I ask. But I heard that, in, like, in China, they were, it was to a point where, like, if you go to really any any large public building, I mean, whether it could even be an apartment, but maybe a train station, a bus station, a, you know, whatever, a, a hotel, anything like that, that they're, like, checking temperatures at the oh. door. And if you've got a temperature, you go to a fever clinic and then they check you for COVID. And then you go to a quarantine. Is that, is that accurate? hundred percent accurate. hundred percent. Uh, even right now. Um, so when we got here, it, I was, I was getting like feeling better and better about my decision to come back every day because the numbers were going down and then there was no new cases in Shanghai since like February 28th. And you know, mm. that's what I was waiting for is like right there at the end. I was like, okay, it's really slowing down. The numbers are slowing, slowing, slowing all right, let's go. And then we came back and then it was like, we didn't have any new cases here for weeks. And it was right mm -hmm. when we came back. And um, yeah. And, and so when we came through the airport, it was a fucking trip. Like there's people in hazmat suits legitimately. Like we're in our masks. My my son is almost two. Like he, he doesn't know what a mask is. He was like, you know, ripping it off right. his face and people are sitting there pointing their fingers at us, telling us to put it on. And they're take, they took our temperature uh, at multiple places in the airport um, and then now, like, even right now, I can look out my window and see the security guards sitting there. They take our temperature every time we walk into our apartment. Uh, wow. And every everywhere we go, if you go into any store, uh, like, I went to Ikea the other day. And mm -hmm. you walk in there. And you also, um, one thing that we have, so we were talking about WeChat earlier. There's another mm -hmm. app that is similar that's called Alipay. And uh, I don't know really what the difference is or whatever. It's all in Chinese, mm -hmm. so I can't really read it. But there's, right. there's these there's these codes on there. It's another QR code that you're assigned. And basically, mm. it's the way that the government is tracking everybody. And you you have to show your QR code is green. Uh, if it's red, then that means so basically what they're doing is like, say you were on a flight 
that someone ended up testing positive for COVID, then your code would come up. Oops, sorry. Your code would come up red and Mm -hmm. that like kind of shows you, Oh fuck, you know, and you'll end up being visited by community workers with the matter of days. Uh, so far, no one I know has had to deal with that, but, um, you know, we have these green code, you have to show your code most places and you have to show, you have to get your temperature and put sanitizer on every time you walk in somewhere. Wow. So, so do you, do you know anyone that's been, a, that, that has come down with COVID or, or had, you know, no, had the, the no, okay. not, not yet. Hopefully it, it remains that way. Also, no one, right. no one at our entire school has been. Uh, Good. But again, we're in a city that has 26 million people, you know, right, yeah, and I, can't, I literally can't imagine. I, like, I know <laughs> it, it's crazy to think about, but like, would you get on say like, but this city, that's the thing, Walker, is that this city was shut the fuck down already because of Chinese New Year. And mm-hmm. so when this came out and the government was saying, everybody stay home, Shanghai was already a ghost town and everyone was already at their homes. So they were back to their families in whatever province they lived in, you know? And so, mm-hmm. and also people here listened to the government. They took it very seriously. Oh, it was already shut down and it was shut down even further. And um, yeah, like, I, I don't know. It was what, what point I was even getting at there, but it was, it was shut down and, and people weren't, you know, going out, doing anything. Well, yeah. Well, I was asking you if you knew anyone oh, that right, had right, come right. down with so yeah i mean that that makes sense yeah so mostly the people that were affected say like in wuhan at the first and whatever and then it all started being like people that were traveling in and out um Mm -hmm. and so now they've ended up shutting down the borders no foreigners are allowed in at all Mm -hmm. and i actually have three of my friends that are uh colleagues that are now stuck outside of china uh, which for them could be really shitty for their jobs if we end up going back to school, which I don't think is going to happen soon, and they can't get back in the country. But so they're also anybody that does come in now is having to stay at these government hotels for 14 mm-hmm. days, and no, it's it's terrible conditions. They don't allow you to use like air conditioning or heat because they oh, don't want God. the temperature in the room to affect your temperature. And even if they're they're doing like any of my friends that have come in the last couple weeks. They have been, they test you when you come in for coronavirus. Um, and even if you have a negative test, you still have to go to your apartment and quarantine for 14 days. And um, wow. like when we first got here, like the first few days, I was jumping on my motorbike and going to the school, which is only like a half mile away. And mm-hmm. just kind of like checking in, getting some stuff updated for teaching online and that. And then we had these women come to our door and knock and uh, it, it kind of, tripped us out you know because we're like what the fuck and and they don't speak english they don't speak english we don't speak chinese but they're very right. acting very serious and like you know shaking their finger at us like you have to stay here uh basically we were communicating through an app and like you mm. cannot go past this door for 14 days and at that time we didn't even have a grocery delivery set up yet um so wow. luckily we figured that out pretty quick and got it but i mean that's one huge difference I think about here and like what's happening in America is people here, you get everything delivered, you get it delivered. And they had already set up like there's these like bookshelves almost right at the front where the security is taking temperatures and the delivery guys weren't even allowed to bring anything up. They just leave it out there and you have to come out and get it. And at the same time you'd get your temp done and everything, you know? So it's, but even grocery shopping all online and it's delivered here. Uh, they just started this very week 
um, to where the delivery guys can actually bring it up to your door. So, huh. <laughs> but yeah, even to go out just outside of the apartment, but still at the same, you know, mm -hmm. same address, yep. you have to get the temperature taken just because you went outside basically. Yep. Yep. Wow. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, it's, Still don't know anyone that's been affected personally, and I hope it stays that way. But yeah, well that that's good. But yeah, I mean I think that that's the challenge that we face in America. I mean especially, I mean maybe in maybe in some of the bigger cities it, it, it could fly. But like, can you imagine in Springfield, Missouri, if someone tried to go into a Walmart and mm -hmm. someone A forced them to take their temperature, and then B if they had a fever was like you have to go to uh, this location. They, yeah. I mean people no. are pulling. Don't tread on me, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're, exactly. They're, they're like, like, that's what I was just imaging, honestly. It's like, people are like, well, right? You want to step up, motherfucker? Like, no. Right. <laughs> Americans are very big on, you know, we have our rights and our freedoms and everything. And it's like, great. That's true and all. But right now, this is, uh, this is, it's, it's interesting to see. It really, really is. Um, I never in a million years, I'm kind of a, rule breaker myself you know and so uh it's interesting to see these uh, I, I always thought first off i never thought i'd live in fucking china i never even wanted to travel here and i want to travel everywhere um just because of the fact that it's a communist government and things like that and you know it's it's interesting to sit back and watch this right now and be like okay wow this is an interesting circumstance this has actually come it's been more beneficial that people are uh, I, I would say more inside the box thinkers, I guess. I don't really know how else to say it. Um, yeah, they, well, it's just the, yeah. the government exercise a level of control yeah. that, that they're not in America. Yep. Um, and not not to speak on it unfavorably or right, not, right. just simply true. Exactly. And, and in this kind of circumstance, it's a direct advantage as yeah. opposed to the way that we view it often in America. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I mean, my, my family, when I before we came over here uh i remember my uncle happened to be visiting from texas and he is like vehemently against anything china and like you know he's like what the fuck are you doing going over there are you fucking kidding me do you know what's going on in hong kong and i'm like okay, yes yes i do thank you that's not where we're going like you know <laughs> just right. everyone thinks oh that's china it's right it's so it's just different but uh, and you, you don't see really the effects of the government, like you would think, I guess, it's hard to describe, but um, it, it's really just interesting to, to witness this right now and to be here where people actually fucking listen and they know that right. if you don't, they're going to padlock your fucking door and you can't get out. So listen. <laughs> right, you know? right. So it's happening one way or the other anyway. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, I, clearly know nothing about China actually, but, but that's kind of been my impression of, of it, you know, in the last, I don't know, decade maybe mm -hmm. is, is kind of shifted to where I used to think of it as this like kind of rigid, scary place. Yeah, but, same. But, but now I've kind of come to understand that like, I mean, are there elements of it that could be that? Yeah. But honestly there are in America too. Um, and I mean, you <laughs> go to Baltimore and ask them what they think about law enforcement. You know right, what I mean? Like, right. so it's not like everything's rosy here all the time. And, and, and so really it's, it's kind of like, I've gathered that, that the Chinese citizens are, are, you know, living their lives largely. You absolutely, know what I mean? Like, absolutely. I mean, that's, we're basically just living in, you know, pretty normal life over here. We go to work every day. There's not any interference with the government besides like 
the biggest thing I could think of is like, um, so you know how we have our textbooks or whatever, we mm -hmm. aren't allowed to actually have the textbooks in class. We have to like print off these pages and give them to the students. Uh, last year, the government, when, when the government comes and does their like checks, they, they do these things so the schools could get their license or whatever. Um, the government came in, they were like ripping pages out of the textbooks, mm. uh, these world history textbooks. And uh, so we're not allowed to have those. We can't have like our schedules posted because of government, whatever. They, when there's certain interferences, the, the, the Chinese staff kind of just say, oh yeah, you can't do this because of government reasons. And they just kind of blow it over and, and whatever, we all just kind of adapt. And it's just little minor things. Um, but if if it was happening and they came there, apparently it'd be a way bigger deal. But I, I felt the exact same way that this was some big, you know, scary place. And it's just, it's not that like uh, people are, you know, like my coworkers and stuff, the, the Chinese locals, they're, they're nice and always willing to help and things like that. And um, I, everyone's just living pretty decent lives. Um, but I do know one thing that's interesting is um, I feel actually safer here than I yeah. do back home because right. there is fucking cameras everywhere. And the government is like, or like the, you know, the police uh, often they watch, they watch you. And um when I first came here, um, the first month, the cell phone I had wasn't working. And so I had to, I got this new phone and I ended up paying like $600 for it. It's, you know, I don't ever buy electronics with that, that much. Well, mm -hmm. on day three of having it, I left it in a fucking taxi and it happened to be the only time normally you use that app I was telling you about. That's like Uber. It happened to be the only time we couldn't get like, so we flagged down an actual taxi and I left it in there. And so the security guards at my school, after about an hour of crying and trying to explain to them what was happening, they ended up calling the police that showed up and they ended up taking me and my friend at 2 a.m. to the local police station. And we walk in there, Walker, and they take us in this room that the whole wall is like CCTV footage. It, it's wow. all footage from everywhere. And I mean, they were like scrolling back to this footage and found you could see so clearly like the guys that were coming up through like the Metro, I could read their t-shirts. It was so clear. And huh. like these guys, they found my friend, they saw us like run across the street and then they, they found the taxi cab that dropped us off his license plate, the taxi company within a matter of like maybe 15 minutes. Wow. And had this company on the phone and then found the, the driver. And within 30 minutes that got, you know, they had ended up talking to him. He said it wasn't in there, which was, like so many, it was just such a trip to see how quickly they moved and try to track that down, even though who the fuck am I? Uh, and that's just what they did. And it's like, they didn't, it's almost like they didn't have anything better to do. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, what do you care about this fucking idiot's cell phone? That you, left it you know, <laughs> like, I feel like our cops right. would be like, go, go fuck yourself. Like, go find yourself. Uh, but it was, it was a trip. But I honestly, like when I saw that, normally like that back home where I used to have this attitude of like, I don't want the government to be able to track me or I don't want to be seen like that. Uh, but here it was, it's almost, especially when you're living in a foreign country, it almost makes, I feel safer. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that makes, I think that makes a ton yeah. of sense. And, and the truth is, is that, and then, yeah, in America, like, you know, is it, is it that level? Of course not, but it's also not, it's, it's not as, uh, <clears throat> it, it, Privacy is not as as, right. as much as people would like to think it is. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, oh, totally. And it, it's, maybe it's not mandated, but 
every I mean, you can open your phone and it will tell you where you have been forever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Track your location at all times. You know what I mean? Oh, like for sure. Google will pop up on my phone all the time and be like, hey, yep. <laughs> which place were you at yesterday? So we can fill in the trip. And it's like, ah, I know, right? No thanks. <laughs> but but it's like, but what am I really ducking? Because they've already got it. You exactly. Know what I mean? and, that's that's how that was kind of my attitude well it is my attitude about it now because before i was i was letting it make me almost like kind of paranoid and like i don't want the but i'm like wait what the fuck do i care i'm not doing anything so right you know and i just i don't know i guess i kind of took an attitude of like okay i've got bigger fish to fry <laughs> mentally i guess yeah. <laughs> yeah well and again i think it's i mean it you know it so much of the stuff in like that's one thing coming out of this coronavirus in the United States at least that I, I kind of hope a lot of things are being exposed that are, are bullshit things and I hope that when we come out of this that <laughs> that everyone remembers that these things are bullshit oh man I hope so too so much of it is just like we all like like I've, I've seen a, a nurse that I'm friends with on social media had posted a thing about like uh, I think it's called like the JHCO or something mm -hmm. but it's basically hospital regulatory body yeah and and they were like up until coronavirus happened like we couldn't we get we would get fined if we had scotch tape on the wall yep. and now like they don't even care if we have masks because there's not enough you know what i mean and yep. it's like yeah because the the regulation before was stupid yep. you know i mean not there shouldn't be any but it was way too heavy-handed because it's a bunch of self-serving people absolutely <laughs> it's like they don't have enough fucking time on their hands or you know and i <laughs> i saw a nurse post something similar about like okay so this is happening now can you get off my back about having my fucking diet coke on the counter back there? like right yes hot. and it, yeah exactly. that doesn't matter especially these people like that you know they're working their asses off and i'm, I'm not just talking about yeah. now before um, oh right yep. and you know it just it blows my mind that, that uh, like like you're saying i i legitimately hope that this this attitude is taken forward of like this doesn't actually fucking matter what matters what's important uh right uh, all this bullshit you know focus on what's important what's the bottom line here um, yeah yeah no exactly exactly talked about kind of the, the downsides of it all or the, the way that it's scary but mm -hmm. what have you what have you been doing to like we've we've only been in quarantine here mm -hmm. for and again I, I use air quotes around quarantine <laughs> but we've only had stay at home orders I mean in Springfield it's been a week yeah uh, not even, so it, you know people are really struggling to cope with having to be at home and whatever how have you have you kind of dealt with that yeah um you know what's interesting and just as you're saying that I just realized uh I almost kind of prepared myself for this when I was being a stay-at-home mom. Uh, I, I was living out on my parents' horse ranch, and everyone was gone during the day, and I was out there by myself like every day, all day. And I know it is mm -hmm. different, but it was that feeling of like alienation, isolation, and uh, it was something I never actually 
really had to deal with. And my husband and I were sharing a car because we just went back. And so I didn't have any way to leave. And um, mm-hmm. so I guess in a way, I almost was like a little bit prepared for this feeling like being actually trapped almost. Uh, right. But, you know, so what I've mostly been doing is spending way too much fucking time on Facebook. <laughs> but um, <laughs> to be honest with you, uh, I follow some, some uh, different groups on, on there that are, uh, they, they deal with mental health or they're like, it's almost like mental health uh, groups that are, they, we like joke about it. Like we post funny, like mental health, like memes and shit like that, you know, that is, um, mm. and recently there was actually a study done. I wish I had like a link saved it but there was a study done saying that these can actually be beneficial for your mental health because it gives you that you know you're not alone feeling and other people are dealing with the same shit and like oh my god yeah i feel that same way or i do these same little things and this is actually part of this or this or that and uh right so being on facebook i know sometimes it can get a little heavy and i i have unfollowed all news media on there uh and specifically Mm -hmm. try to follow like you know, my passions and interests, like traveling and things like that. And, um, try and, um, also be supportive to other people. Um, that's something that helps me get through hard times being supportive to other people, like just, Mm -hmm. you know, being a shoulder to lean on or whatever. And, uh, right now we're having to do it through social media. And so I, I do that and, um, makes me feel better. Uh, it's uplifting to me and we're, you know, I'm to the point now. So we're like a month in, right? Just hit a month. I think yesterday it was. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, I woke up yesterday and I I don't normally wake up and I don't normally wake up and read the news. I just, I, it's something I stopped myself from doing um, mm-hmm. so I could start my day off a little better. And there happened to be some, you know, how your phone will like suggest shit. It was saying something from YouTube, like watch this video. And I happened to click on it and it was this from about new york city and what was happening there and just this this thing like this this article or, or this this yeah I, I mean it i was so overwhelmed and and just um mm-hmm. uh started crying i'm not a crier <laughs> i'm not a crier right. and i was just so overwhelmed and just so scared for everybody back home because i know like seriously and everything and just seeing the reality that's right there in new york and i know they're divorced right now but I was so overwhelmed. And then also I looked at my WeChat and my expat support group and uh, got news that now there's a resurgent, a resurgent cases in Shanghai. Um, mm. And it's the, it's the first time that that's happened. And now there was like 145 new cases as of yesterday. And that's coming from nothing. And it's like, what the fuck? Uh, mm. And that all happened within a matter of like 10 minutes of me waking up. And I was just so overwhelmed and like, so I just forced myself to put my phone down and like, go take a shower, you know, go get, right, get ready. Right. And like, uh, you see a lot of people saying that online, like, you know, keep a routine and all that kind of this and that. Well, I have to say after a month of not having a routine, like I, I tried to like, I would get ready every day, did my hair and my makeup and, you know, mm-hmm. um, try to kind of do that. Cause if you don't, damn it, <laughs> you'll, fucking, you'll be two or three days and you're like, Oh shit. I look like a gutter troll. And what am I doing with my right. life? <laughs> And uh, so what I was getting at, sorry, I started rambling, is that I'm to the point now, especially after yesterday, it was a big eye opener for me that I need to start my routine. I need to have, uh, which I I normally wake up at like 730 because I have to clock in for work, but I need to all kind of like try to go back to sleep. Like I need to wake up, like I need to set actual like 
eating times because that's what another problem is like I'm eating so much food I'm like oh my god I I done a lot of work to get in the shape that I was in like okay I got I got to be healthy here not you know because you're just so fucking bored right just, every, the next time I'm like I'm sitting there and I just ate I'm like mm, I think I'm hungry again my husband's like drink something <laughs> like drink some water <laughs> you know? right, my, right my son too like I can tell he's super bored he keeps he keeps walking in there, opening the fridge, and he's just a little nugget, you know? He doesn't know what the hell he's doing, but it's something new. And yep. uh, so we're, we're going to, as a family, um, start having a better routine. And my husband was already always already really good about taking my son out and taking him over to the school's playground or taking him on walks and shit like that. But he would normally do it, like, while I was teaching and working because uh, we're trying to juggle that as well, which has been interesting. Um, and so he would take him while I'm doing this. And it's like, no, 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 we need to do that together as a family. So I actually get up and get the fuck out of the house, you know, and just, you know, I don't know. Everyone's like, Oh, I'm going to work out at home and trust. I haven't got around to it. Not one day in a month, you know, and I'm like, it's not even about working out or whatever. It's about getting moving your body. And it actually helps so much with your mental health. Uh, Yeah. And any day that I have, um, got up and gotten out to even just walk around a little bit, which I don't even want to encourage that to anybody listening. It's, you know, wherever you're listening, not mostly, but uh, because I feel like people are getting out so much, but like here, we didn't have any new cases. So it was not that big of a deal to get out and be, people are still super aware and like stay the hell away from each other. And, um, right. uh, but anytime what I was going to ask, anytime I did get out, even just say me and my friend were small the other day, I feel so much better uh, even just getting out and taking my son for a walk for 20 minutes. I feel so much better getting out, getting some sun, some fresh air. Um, but, you know, we don't really go far from our house and we're staying very safe about it and, and mindful. Uh, so that's, that'd be my biggest tip. I would say if yeah. all of you in quarantine is <laughs> don't get out, get out, but you know what I mean? <laughs> Get, get out, yeah, go, well, go out back. If you have back porch or patio, that's the thing I'm just desperately missing right now is having a patio to just sit out there and enjoy, you know, nature. Right. Yeah. Feel, feel a breeze. Maybe yeah, exactly. But yeah. So that, yeah. I mean, I think there's, you know, there's opportunities still, even, even while being safe to, sure. to still go and go on a walk on, on a trail or something sure. where you're not encountering people, you know, in close proximity. Yes. Um, yeah, but you're, you're absolutely right that it, it not to be taken lightly. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think those are both really I think those are 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 things that that make a lot of sense. And, and really, I think you kind of spoke to this, but they're not just they're not just quarantine tips like they're yeah. really tips yeah. at all times. Yeah, right? like having that. routine is huge. And and the very first thing you said, which is 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 being there for other people yeah. doing stuff for people. like it's incredible how much better you feel about yourself when you help someone else. Oh, for sure. And, and people that don't know that, that these are out there, these support groups that are on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have people all over the world at at your fingertips that are going through something similar now. And I've been, I've been in these support groups for other reasons, you know, and, but now, especially this, it's like, I I don't know. It just, it helps more than I can even explain. Um, and it's something that I just, I don't know. I always feel like my heart is full after I interact with these people. And, 
mm-hmm. of course you got to be careful of getting there and you know internet trolls and shit like that but normally in these support groups they're a safe space and you know just talking to other people it's helping them while it's helping you so right right yeah no i think that's a that's a really um that's a really powerful point mm-hmm. and it's something you know i've i've had on the on the podcast i've had a couple of different life coaches cool. actually just last week we had a, a psychologist on yeah I, I got to hear part of her her stuff that, that's so awesome oh, and cool. for some reason over here when i try to listen to your podcast it like cuts out uh maybe i'll get like 15 minutes it'll cut off like, shit huh. <laughs> and when i try to go back to fast forward it, it will only do it just it doesn't i don't know maybe i just need to use a different app or something but yeah no yeah, i thought I that was awesome but yeah, well, and well, thank you. And but my point just being like, I, I definitely think that that's, you know, it's something that I'm really interested in promoting because it, it's kind of something I said to psychologists. I think that, you know, when it comes to physical well-being, like everyone knows about working out, yeah. everyone knows about staying in shape or whatever. And you do that, you, you do that not in response to a problem. You right. do that just to for maintenance. Right. But when it comes to mental health, people like only treat it kind of like, like they, like you would physical therapy, yep. like they're only going to talk to someone if there's a, a really acute problem. And it's like, yep. it doesn't have to be that way, you know? So oh God, I'm, I, I'm a huge advocate for mental health and taking care of mm-hmm. that part just because of my own struggles. And it, it's yep. so, so important. And especially being over here and I don't have that many people I can talk to these outlets that I have found. And I found these actually over in Thailand when I ended up getting pregnant abroad. And it was like, it's like there ended up being a support group for that, you know, right. and uh, right. just how helpful it was because I was so terrified and alone and it starts spiraling you into depression and anxiety and, um, you know, it just triggered all this other shit. And it's like, man, this is so important. And, you know, um, yeah, I, I'm big on, like, I, I go into, I, I talk to therapists and stuff. I'll go in, like, I can tell if things are starting, I'll go in and have my, you know, check-ins and, and go see him for, normally I'll go for, it's only take about a month or two. And then it's like, okay, I'm cool now. And but I'm mm-hmm. big on getting in there and talking about it and dealing with this stuff as, as, as you're going along every day, every day. Important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, in like the routine you talked about, I mean, I've, mm-hmm. I've definitely developed a routine for myself that I, that I try and practice daily. And um, part of that is walking. Yeah. Right? Good. Is something physical because, it, people don't think it, you know, it's easy to, it's easy yep. if you're not in that habit to, to dismiss, you know, even just minor, it's not like I'm not going for a run. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yep. it doesn't have to be crazy intense, but just getting your body moving. And, yep. and I, you know, I don't know if it's an endorphin thing Absolutely. or a hormone thing or what it is, but. So um, like when we first got here and we first had that, like the 14 day quarantine um, mm-hmm. And once the community workers came and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to go out. Like my husband did sneak out a couple of times at night to get us, like we ran out of water and milk. He, we had to have it. Yeah. So he snuck out and kind of got that, but I followed the rules. And, um, I remember like the first day, I, cause I, I started getting into depression mode and I like, I was like, okay, hold up. You need to go outside. And so mm-hmm. I picked myself up and I went outside and just a little like quick walk over down the street it's like the birds were chirping the butterflies started flying in front of me and I was like okay this feels good you know it's just these little things the sun is out like you know just the simplest things like that it just it boosted my mood like I can't even begin to explain um yeah almost like a little like a you know movie (laughs) just like oh birds are chirping and butterflies (laughs) you just turned into snow exactly that's exactly what I was thinking (laughs) 
<laughs> Come here, little deer. Yeah, but uh, what was funny, though, is that at the time I had on my face mask, of course, and so I'm just on this little mm. stroll, and I, you know, I hadn't been walking. I'd been sitting on my ass. I have asthma, this face mask. I'm sitting here. I started breathing heavier, you know, and I know, like, mm -hmm. my face mask is going in my mouth. I'm, like, inhaling it and, like, can't breathe, and that's, like, I know there they're not recommending people wear face masks, but here everyone does. I, I don't, I'm not here to argue whether it works or not. I don't give a fuck, but here you wear it. You're going to get told, go, the, go home. Like, I mean, you would just, people would freak out basically. Um, yeah. and a lot of times I forget and I'll pull it down cause I can't breathe. And mm. people will be like, I mean, you know how people randomly won't talk to you here. They will, by mm -hmm. God, tell you to put your fucking mask on. <laughs> they, they will look at you and be like, they'll, you know, do the, they know I don't speak the language. So they'll just do the international sign of pulling your mask up. <laughs> right, right. And, uh, but I mean, that first day when I, I was like, oh God. And if I have my glasses on, you know, they're fogging up and it's like, oh shit. Oh God. But luckily if you get, yeah. if you get far enough away, then you don't have to worry too much about it. And, but it's. I mean, I think here part of the problem, though, I mean, like I, so Crabtree has been following this mm -hmm. since, uh, since like December. Yeah. And I thoroughly enjoyed, uh, the podcast that you all did, um, over on this subject. Yeah. Really yeah. Good. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and thank you again to Crabtree for, for coming on and sharing what he, you know, his insights, but yeah, he, he was, you know, he ordered masks really before anyone here was kind <laughs> of taking it. Right. So he on that yeah i told and him the other day on me. facebook he posted that picture and i said oh i never thought i'd have mask envy in my life <laughs> i know right I know, he has yeah he looks like a ninja well and it actually has wow. the thing that's like solid so it doesn't suck in your mouth like what i'm talking about right 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 <laughs> but yeah so he was you know he was all on that and he Smart. was really urging me to order masks and so finally i was like all right i'll order some and yeah, I mean, I ordered them at the end of uh, February yep. and they just never came. Really? Uh, wow. Yeah. So we ended up getting a bunch of these, just the, you know, cheap ones and everything. And I was going to get us some better ones off Amazon, but when we ended up leaving, it was just kind of like a really quick thing. Um, and it happened right. and I was like, shit, I don't have time for this. And so we didn't get them, but I really wish I would have now. I think we might yeah. need to look into it again. Uh see if we can't get something better because i uh, they came out with an article the other day saying that now it's safer you don't really need to be wearing masks when you're out walking the streets if you're keeping your distance but so most people do but i was like yes 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 and now with this you know research in cases i don't probably have to i don't know i think that i could probably get my hands on a good mask though on the off of the internet over here right right yeah well well good luck doing that yeah uh, I, <laughs> I think that's honestly, you know, beyond just the the way that the the government and society works over there. I think also just the fact that you guys actually can get testing. I mean, oh yeah, I at the beginning of March traveled to Orlando mm -hmm. for a podcast conference where I'm in a hotel resort with like you know two thousand people for the podcast, and then yep. probably another thousand people that are there at random, and. And so I, I, I was back and I haven't had any symptoms. I've been back for three weeks now, but last week I called my doctor and was like, Hey, explain the situation. You know, should I get tested? And they were like, you know, if you don't have direct symptoms, then then we won't test you. Yep. And it's like, well, we're, we're kind of behind the eight ball because oh we can't God. even figure out there's a danger. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's the so, thing is that like, like I was telling you, everybody now that gets 
brought in, that comes into China has to get tested. And I mean, right. there's, there's a fucking ton of people, uh, yeah. and, and all these people are getting tests and they're, you know, there, there's tons of tests. Why, why, what is happening in America that this is not, uh, it blows my mind. It honestly does. I, I don't understand. It, I, I, yeah, I and couldn't agree more. <laughs> I did happen to just see, um, a Facebook friend who could potentially see anyway, she had to get tested and they said it's going to take mm. four days to get the results. What? Yeah, if I'm like, mistaken, it's because they have to ship it to the CDC headquarters in Atlanta. Like, get, they have to process it and then send their results back. Get like, the it's, fuck out of here! Insane. This is this should have been right. this should have been buffed out a while ago. Like, no, it's yeah. Like, I could even understand it if, like, in the first week of it of it being like a, a thing, mm -hmm. like we're not ready. But, but I mean, here we are, a month, and mm. it's about to be another month. And oh man, I, yeah, yep. I don't know. It, it so. blows my mind. Uh, I just saw in South Korea, which uh, if if you haven't followed what they've been, how they've been handling stuff, definitely check that out. Uh, in my opinion, they might be at like kind of the front of the uh, front of the pack with with how they've been handling things. If they just came out with these testing booths, so people can mm -hmm. just walk up to the booths, and they basically the the people, it's like a nurse or whatever in the booth, and they basically just replace these gloves for each person, and they stick them through. Think about like a baby in an incubator. It's like, mm -hmm. a, it's like they're in the booth, but their hands come out and they can do the testing right there. So they don't waste all the supplies and equipment and the people don't have to come in. The booth is like outside, like think of like how a security guard would be outside in their booth uh, of somewhere. And mm -hmm. there, there are these booths, these just little makeshift booths that they set up. And, you know, it, it's, it's so like, why are we fucking not paying attention to what other people are doing? Like, right. <laughs> it's right. Oh, well. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, not to, yeah. not to become too political, <laughs> I know, right? company, but look at what's going on in America already. Like, Ugh. what the fuck are you guys talking about? I, I like, can't even, so... I know, no, 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 <laughs> no. Once, once Cheeto man becomes beloved, it's like, all right, well. I, I didn't I even want to say his name, but it's, that, that was another, I didn't either. it was another video that popped up right after that one I watched yesterday morning. And it was, uh, which I, I just, I tried to just not watch anything that he says or does. And, yep. uh, it was a video of his responses to journalists asking how, like how he feels about how he handled this and shit like that. And his, then he just attacks them and says they're bad journalists and whatever. And I'm like, I, is this real? Is this real? These people are. Uh, yes. Like, no, like. These journalists are, are highly intelligent individuals that are uh, probably know more about the world in general and the scope of things. And he has the audacity to shake his finger and, and say these things. <laughs> I'm like, it blows my fucking mind. And, and the craziest one was there was a dude that was like, what do you say to the millions of people who are, are scared? You know, we've got yep. X amount of cases. We've had X amount of deaths and millions of people are scared. What do you say? Which is not a no. an attacking question. Nope. It's like it's like a softball question. Yep. Like, hey, say something nice. Yeah. And he was like, I tell you, you're a bad journalist. Exactly. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? That was that was part of the the montage that I saw yesterday, and I'm like, what in the fuck? Like, this is where you come in, and this is where you tell everybody, like, we're gonna work hard. We're everything's gonna be okay. Which, you know. Yeah, oh, that's what God. leadership is. Exactly. Right. right. You gotta. You gotta. You gotta calm the masses, man, or it's gonna fucking blow up. And it's it's crazy, mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah. But. Well, either way, I don't mean to be all doom and gloom. <laughs> no. um, 
I think I think it's it's super awesome that you were willing to to take time out of your day and, and out of your morning again because oh, it's gosh. the opposite time <laughs> Uh, to, to join me here. Yeah, today. no, I thank or you. Tomorrow, I, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I'm living in the future. <laughs> Damn, yeah. that's crazy. Isn't it a trip? <laughs> yeah, it's a real trip when you fly halfway around the world and it's already the next day. Or like when I go back to America, I'm living. I'm like, wait, I left 12 hours ago and now it's the same time. 12 hours. What the fuck? But yeah, yeah no, wow. I, I I didn't know if I had any good info for you. Like, you know, who the hell am I? Uh, you know, coming on this podcast, but I hope I gave you a little bit of perspective about how it is oh no this was this was absolutely fantastic right, and right. i mean the, the, the people have really interesting stories <laughs> and they're just not famous so yeah. no one you know what i mean right. so um right. no i couldn't appreciate you coming on the show anymore i, I really like it well yeah this is my and first do, time it was great great experience cool well yeah well if you ever want to come back uh we can talk about something more fun yeah. maybe once the show <laughs> But I would, I'd love to have you back in any time, man. It was, yeah, it was great. I, I love what you're doing, and I uh, keep it up. You, you're doing a great job, and especially with the message you're spreading. And that I seem, it seems like you got a, a good positive theme to your to your stuff. And I totally think that. Well, cool. Well, I, I appreciate yeah. it. Well, Katie Callahan, thank you so much for coming on the walk show, and uh, stay safe. Out yeah, there in thank Shanghai. you. You do the same. Get everyone on board out there in Springfield. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Crabtree. We'll send Crabtree. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, man. Take care. All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for the show today. Thank you again so much to Katie Callahan for joining us. And thank you, as always, to Misha for providing the music. Uh, as always, you can find me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at The Walk Show. 
And also you can visit the website, thewalkshowpodcast.com to listen to any of the older episodes. And as always, I invite you to email me at walker at thewalkshowpodcast.com. If you've got any comments, questions, thoughts, anything like that you'd like to share, I'd love to hear your feedback. Uh, I will also give a shout out to my other podcast, Pick Up Your Sticks, which I co-host with Brett Lindley. Similar to The Walk Show, we do long-form conversations, uh, except instead of being about the walk of life, it's exclusively about video games and why it matters. So not just news and reviews and and current events in gaming. Uh, While we do touch on that, we also just try and talk about the emotional connections with games and, and, again, why it really matters to us. So if you enjoy The Walk Show and you like video games, I think Pick Up Your Sticks will be right up your alley, and you can listen to it wherever you listen to anything else.